The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. And this is Anton Savage in for Pat 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. If you want to get any questions into Professor Luke O'Neill, who is here to talk all things COVID and all things vaccines. And the vaccines and booster campaigns are getting in- interesting, Luke, because we have more data emerging as to the efficacy of vaccines over time and the efficacy of different vaccines. What's the latest? It's incredible. And there's not matter a data this week. I mean, talk about a day, day to deluge just happened in the past two or three days. So the Israelis have a massive booster campaign underway. And Public Health England, who are a very reputable body, they're looking at our vaccines waning over time, you see. And these are the very important questions in a sense. Now, as you know, in Ireland, we're going to start our, our booster campaign with the over 80s and then the over 65s in care homes, which is great. It's beginning. The UK announced everybody over 50 is going to get a booster. Isn't that interesting? Seems young. It does seem young. And then the WHO are saying don't vaccinate the healthy people or give them boosters yet because the developing world needs vaccines. So it's a very interesting debate at the moment. And I'm not joking. Every day I'm getting the deluge of data. Now, what's interesting is this. The booster works fantastically well. The Israelis have measured people after their third shot. Okay. They get a tenfold higher antibody level than after the second shot. So the booster really drives the immune system hard. Tenfold higher compared to after your second shot. Isn't that incredible? Now we knew this. Some vaccines are three shots normally. The hepatitis B vaccine is a three shot vaccine you see. So it looks like as if this may become a three shot vaccine. And and people ask me what's the best analogy for this by the way. It's like a manager getting the players on the field as the first shot. The second is he shouts at the team to tell them to play harder. The third shot he roars at them. And then I'm not joking you this is it. Now now in some people the team begins to get a bit sleepy and if you're older for instance maybe it goes goes sort of off the boil. The third shot will be needed for, for that for certain groups we think. You well know. you use the hepatitis C uh, analogy. In in that instance you get number three and then you're gone. Good luck. Goodbye. Enjoy the rest yep. of your life. Some vaccines like um, tetanus's case in point come back ten years later and we'll give you another one. Have we insight at this stage as to which this is likely to be? Three and forget or we could be coming back for it? S- sadly we don't because brand new you see. Now, now there's some optimism. That level of antibody response after the third shot means you've driven the immune system really well. That could last for years. You keep your fingers crossed. We don't know about the T cells. It's the second part of the immune system. We haven't measured those yet. If they endure after the third shot, we're in a really strong place. You can predict years of protection after the third shot, you see, but we still don't know is, is the truth of the matter. And as you look at it then, look, when, when we look at that level of efficacy for the third vaccine shot, does that put us in a position where the complete eradication of the d- disease comes back on the agenda as a possibility or do we need to just give up on that and live? That's a prospect. If the third shot is shown to be fantastically effective, transmission will stop in the community because you have so much immunity. No virus will grow in you if, you if you have the third shot. So there is a prospect of really driving it down. I'd, I'd be optimistic about that one, you see. But the big thing for me on that this study shows in the UK especially, where is the waning happening? Now what they're measuring is a risk of hospitalisation and death again. And AstraZeneca has waned more quickly than Pfizer. That's the first thing they've seen. Now we're talking 30% uh, decrease in protection against hospitalisation with AstraZeneca, especially if you're over 65. They looked at that, that cohort. But equally if you're slightly younger, over 80s especially as well. Or if you've underlying clinical conditions, of course, again, the vaccines weren't as strong in those people. I reckon that's why the UK have decided to go for the over 50s, because they've mainly used AstraZeneca. 
Now they're going to use and Pfizer. And am I right if I think back didn't didn't we vaccinate our older populations with AstraZeneca because of availability in the early stages? And what's very important for us Anthony is and I think this is a very clear message we should say everybody over 60 in Ireland should be given the booster shot because they've mainly had AstraZeneca. And of course it was forced on them egregiously. Do you remember that? And we were all saying this is unfair on the over 60s give the over 60s a booster because the evidence from that public health England is for definite AstraZeneca wanes a bit more quickly than Pfizer. Now it's still good by the way. The good news Anton was that there wasn't a waning in protection against death. So in other words it's just severe disease is where we're seeing a waning which is good. So, so the vaccines are still giving some protection at the moment but the sensible thing to do is to give boosters especially for everybody over 60. A mix and match booster or a like with like? Well the UK interestingly right they use AstraZeneca mainly as you may remember. They're going to boost with Pfizer and Moderna you see. And they've said look I tell you what let's use the RNA vaccines because that, that, that is the best one really at the moment you know slightly better. Again never forget that AstraZeneca has stopped people dying in any government hospital it's still a good vaccine but the sensible thing is to use the RNA vaccines and in Ireland is the same we will use the RNA vaccines as our booster shot as well. I have to say every time that I, I talk to you about this I am struck by the scale of the public health achievement that this is. I mean, I know there's a lot of frustrations with COVID. I know there's a lot of people very angry, very different uh, aspects of it. But to go from zero standing start to what, 17 vaccines, hundreds of millions of vaccinated people around the world. It's a remarkable achievement. It is, and it's all holding up. I mean, the good, the good news is, and these vaccines are still great, even though we're seeing waning here and there. The important thing is it's being watched extremely closely. In other words, for anything untoward, our vaccines going off the boil, in who, you know, that kind of thing. Great data from England last week, as I, this week, as I say, you know. So it's, it is a fantastic achievement. But we've got to keep going now, remember. that We're not through this yet. It's a terrible thing. We'd love to be out of it. But now the boosters will absolutely protect the vulnerable than the older people which is tremendous you know What of the overlap with the flu because the, the last time you were in you said that there was an issue given that uh, the uh, public health measures that we have all taken means we didn't get the flu last winter a lot of us and therefore it's likely to come roaring back Will we see combination vaccines for flu and COVID? We will We will and in fact the, the, the strong recommendation there is over 65 should get the flu vaccine because they've been unexposed for the past year if they had any flu before that immunity remember natural immunity wanes as well you see so, so in other words, as people who are really unprotected against flu get the vaccine if you're over 65. Now, that brings us, should they get both? And absolutely, the CDC in America, again this week, said it's safe to have both vaccines, first of all. Uh, Moderna are ahead of the game, actually. They're making a, 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 a two-in-one, right? They're going to have flu and probably Delta, by the way, is the next thing to think about in the same vaccine. The, the CDC have said if you get the two at the same time, maybe different arms because you might get a soreness, you know, an inch between the shots. So got great detail is coming out now as to what to do with flu and COVID combined you see Why would you need an inch between the shots because the immune system responds It's a soreness Really? You know? Yeah kind of Yeah, you know, an inch might limit that in some way they think. Although it's a good question actually if, if, at all, if, if the two needles go into the one shot it might irritate a little bit more maybe is the concern so that's a good, interesting wasn't it But and it's safe to do we know we often combine vaccines remember in children you get more than one vaccine and it's deemed safe and the way to do it so there shouldn't be any issue with giving flu and COVID uh, or a booster say to COVID in the, in the same in the same. So vaccine. I assume then look one possibility is that it may be that in, in the way that the flu vaccine had become something of a norm, the flu and COVID vaccine might become something. Like that may be one end yeah. result where that, every year you just go and get the double. That's the prediction. And the older and the, and the vulnerable, not everybody, the older, just like flu, you protect people who are vulnerable with the COVID shot every winter and the new variant. So this year, Anton, wait, yeah, this one in the US, there are four different flu strains circulating. 
right in America at the moment. They're going to give all four on the vaccine. That, that's how we can combine. We know we can combine viruses in or vaccines in the one shot you see. So, so the campaign in the US will be four strains of flu and one of COVID into someone over 65. Great protection against flu and COVID combined, you know. And does that mean that we will reach a point where the COVID vaccines will likely be the same, able to deal with different variants and you'd have different types yep. of vaccines ganged that, that, together? Again, the work that's happening now to make a universal vaccine against COVID is happening apace. We've hoped for that with flu for years, by the way. That'd be great if, if there was one vaccine for flu every winter. You wouldn't need to change it. That, that may become a reality as well, you see. Loads of questions coming in. Uh, will you ask, Luke, if vulnerable children under 12 could be considered for the vaccine? It really impacts in special schools. So that's about vulnerable children yeah. rather than general children. I think 12. so. It's a surprise they haven't done that, actually, because if you're under, now under 12s at the moment, we don't need to vaccinate them for all kinds of reasons. Uh, not least because if the adults are vaccinated, there's less spread into that age group and they're protected anyway. But vulnerable children, yeah, there's a good case to have them vaccinated. And in the US, I think they're doing that, to be honest. So we should, we should press for that here. Uh, this may be too too much to bite off in, in uh, one moment, Luke. Please ask Lou to explain how a new variant occurs in the body. Yes, well, well every time the virus divides... The, the, the one that's the offspring, if you will, is slightly different. Okay, it's random, actually. It's like throwing the dice is a good analogy. And sometimes one crops up just through dumb luck that's a bit different and sufficiently different to make it more difficult. You know, It's a random process, Anton. Amazing. That's why we need to, to give the vaccine all around the world. Every time the virus divides, there's a risk of a variant, you see, because it's slightly different. You know, So therefore, if we vaccinate, we'll stop that happening. And it, it, to some extent, then, it is survivor bias that makes us focus on the one variant because you could have eight that die off it's, and are it's, less it's successful. It's Darwinian, it's evolution. The, the ones that are fitter will survive and they begin to die. Delta is very transmissible, so that begins to spread more and more. Please ask Luke about the people who got the Janssen vaccine. That's the J&J. There's never any mention about the people who got only the one jab. That's a, great, that's a really good question and we just don't know. Less people got that jab, first of all, remember. The numbers are less. There's more in the US, interestingly, so they're looking at those now. We, we, we need more data, basically, on, on, on the waning of that one and what's going to happen next. It wouldn't surprise me, but they'll be up for a, a second shot. You know, they'll be asked. But you never know. That vaccine might turn out to be really strong. You know, I mean, the other thing to say while I'm at it, um, Moderna is slightly better than Pfizer. They've shown that now. You get slightly more antibodies. The reason being it's more higher dose of the RNA. In other words, they got the dose slightly higher with Moderna. It could turn out that J&J was a good high dose. So we don't, we just, we don't really know yet is the answer. And again, you, you will be able to mix and match. So you can follow yep. up J&J with uh, Pfizer or Moderna for booster campaigns. So the prediction is the RNA vaccines will dominate the world eventually and they'll be used in every context, probably. You know. One final one. Uh, I am 71 double vaxxed. Should I get the winter flu jab? And uh, what uh, will there be a booster to follow this, says Pat? Absolutely. The advice is to get the winter flu jab because there is a fear flu will come back with a vengeance, you see. And then if you're offered a booster, Pat, take it as well. That, that's the strong... Now this, this is the advice from all the regulatory bodies as well have looked at this. That, that's the advice. Luke, thank you so much. That is uh, Professor Luke O'Neill, who is Professor of Immunology at Trinity College Dublin. And he, of course, will be back with more uh, next week. 